Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pursuit of Relentless Podcast. You have your host here, Elena, and today we're going to change some lives. And I'm really excited about that. We have Jan Cavell on the show today, and she is an expert in startups and like helping people um, develop their business into the biggest, best possible thing that they can. Um, she's also an author, Start for Success, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Startups. Um, she, that's her second book. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story. Thanks for being here today, Jan. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. Well, let's get started with just your story. How did you become an entrepreneur? What did that look like for you? Did you know you <laughs> always wanted to be an entrepreneur or what? How did that come about? I Sure. No, I very much fell into it by accident. I mean, I'd worked for myself doing odd bits and pieces and um, had some sort of very micro businesses with friends, just, you know, really as, as a way of income, as a way of life and a bit of fun and, you know, sort of trying to stay out of, of being employed too much. But um, then it, it sort of all changed because I got married and um, had a couple of kids, which was all great. Um, but uh, I ended up a single mum. We got divorced and it wasn't um, a very easy situation. I was left with no money, um, literally no income, no nothing. Um, so it was a question of uh, trying to keep a roof over our heads and putting food on the table. And I just wanted to be there for the kids, you know. I I just I, I thought about going out of work, and I was also rather worried that whether anybody would employ me because my skills weren't all that good. But uh, even leaping over that little detail, um, you know, I just I just thought I I don't want to go out and leave them with a childminder. They've just gone through so much, you know, that it, enough's enough. You know, I I want to do something around them. So I started doing something which I'd done in my sort of uh, gigging days, which was selling from home uh, and just lifting a phone and making sales. And that's really how I got into it because um, I was literally making sales, got some ideas together of things I could sell, put them in a tatty leaflet, and my goodness, it was tatty. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kept on lifting that phone and nagging people to live bored. And, and it gradually took off, kept us kept us off the streets, yeah. And then it began to take off. And in fact, sort of some of the ideas I had for what I was going to sell weren't too bad. Um, and so people started buying them. But we also had problems with production, so it ended up I went into manufacturing in a small way. And then before I knew it, it that sort of side of things grew, and I ended up with a couple of factories and about 50 people working for me. Wow. Wow. From the shelf upstairs. So rapid, rapid uh, growth and, you know, a, a tumultuous ride with lots of problems, not least because of my ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, I, I know the pitfalls. <laughs> that's that's business, though. Like, I was not an entrepreneur. Um my mentor saw in me something I hadn't ever seen in myself before. And oh, it was, oh, there's my dog scratching at the door. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, hopefully we can. Yeah, that's life, right? It's life. You just can't necessarily control what's going to happen or what's coming at you. But uh, you can control two things, as my mentor says, is your attitude and your activity. So if you have a good positive perspective and you're looking at into um, getting the good things out of life, then that's what you're going to get. Right. So 
I love that you were able to go, okay, well, I'm going to take a chance on myself. And it, uh, it actually reminds me a lot of my, my own story. So my mom was a single mom, four kids. My dad left when I was two. Um, he was an alcoholic. He went to rehab. He's been sober ever since, which is awesome, but it was tough for us growing up without a dad, right? Like my mom worked well, she was on welfare for years while we were young because she's like, how do I raise, you know, four kids under five? This should be interesting. Um, so we had a lot of help from the grandparents and um, aunts and uncles and stuff like that. We were really close to our neighbors. Uh, but my mom decided that she was going to stay home with us. But it's really funny because the life that we all chose is the life of entrepreneurship. My mom was never an entrepreneur. Wow. She was a uh, nurse's aide for my whole yeah. life. And I watched her hustle, like hustle to be able to provide for us and um, just in the best way she can. And it was really interesting. interesting because, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, my eldest sister is a chiropractor. My right. second sister uh, is, she runs her own business, but she also uh, is a property manager. So like she does a couple different things. Yeah. I'm a financial advisor, podcaster, author, all that kind of stuff. And then my brother runs a carpentry company. So, oh, right. Okay. That's uh, what I ended up to getting into the joinery and stuff with my factory. So, I know that wow. one well. Yeah. Talk on, it's so interesting. So, you yeah. just, you never know what you're going to get. Right. But I think when you take that leap of faith and you just go, hey, I'm going to try this and see how it goes. There's so much beauty that you can take out of that, whether it's a learning experience, a failure, a, a win. Right. Um, but yeah, how did that turn out for you? Well, it was it was a, lot, a, a sort of mixed time, you know. I mean, I was in the game for twenty odd years, had a few other small businesses before and after, and you know, some of it was amazing. You know, I had opportunities and experiences I wouldn't have ever had. From you know, um, I mean, for example, I got involved in. Um, promoting entrepreneurship because because when I started, you know, there weren't all these TV programs of, you know, Shark Tank and all that, you know, and nobody had really heard of being an entrepreneur and particularly in the schools. I mean, nobody discussed it as a career option or anything like that. And so the British government at that time was starting to campaign to make people aware of it. Uh, and I ended up working on a campaign with the EU um, to sort of just working with other EU, EU com- uh, countries, rather, um, discussing how we could get into schools, which we did, and universities and uh, business groups, and, and making people aware that this was actually an option right. to do, because a lot of us don't think we could possibly do it. And, you know, so right. we, we put it off, and I don't know if I'd have ever done it if it hadn't been pure desperation, you know. Right. Um, you know, we, we think it would be a nice idea one day, but... You know, we don't, we don't, we put it off. Yeah. So, so that was, was one of the things I got involved in, which I absolutely loved. You know, it yeah. was amazing. I think that's a huge um, <laughs> conversation to be had is the education system and what we're teaching yeah. kids. And the fact that, yeah, I am a Red Seal pastry chef turned heavy equipment operator. Well, I did industrial sales in between then a couple other odd jobs, but like my main careers, um, I was a pastry chef, Red Seal pastry chef. Um, so I chased my dreams. I I was like, I'm going to go be a baker. And it was awesome. It wasn't, <laughs> right? I was like, yeah. what are you doing? Making people fat and giving them diabetes? Like, this is not, this is not helping people, um, yeah. and including myself. So then I transitioned into um, industrial sales 
And I got behind uh, helping people save money on their inventory through the vending machine process and putting mm. gloves and glasses and batteries and like consumable products in vending machines yeah, yeah. for people. And I loved it. I loved it. It was so fun. I got to have, you know, the customer experiences and stuff like that, but it was training me to do what I'm doing today. Right. And then when I went into finance, I was like, you said, I was out of a job. right? Desperate. <laughs> and I never yeah. thought in a million years I was going to actually like it because I was yeah, not taught that I could be an entrepreneur. Didn't even know the word entrepreneur. Um, I couldn't exactly. spell it, you know. <laughs> I had to Google it every I still time. Can't I spell it after I we leap over that one. <laughs> it was so funny. But then when I, I started uh in the financial industry, I was like, wow, this is different, you know, like working for yourself, having freedom. Um, but that also comes with the 24-hour commitment to running your own business. And I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about is um, the fact that when you own a business, it's like owning a job, <laughs> right? That yeah. you have to be the one who's motivated to go do it. And you have to be the one to go, okay, what's my vision for this? What am I trying to create out of it? And I love that you said um, that you wanted to get into the schools and you got into the schools because that's what I've been doing as well is like getting in there and going, hey guys, did you know you could be an entrepreneur? Did you know that oh, yeah. you could be a financial advisor? You know, like there's, People think that, oh, only financial advisors work at a bank. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> that's not true. You know, so just giving people the knowledge and understanding of what's out there is so important. And something I'd love to ask you, I mean, it's first of all, tremendous ignorance, particularly in kids, particularly girls in, finance, in finances, because that's been shocking over here for so long. Girls just aren't taught much about finances outside managing a household budget. Well, Is that's that still the case with you. Yeah, definitely. And there's yeah. so many people out here who it's like you deal with. Um, so I just had one of my clients pass away and it was like, OK, now my job isn't just to make sure her husband's OK. Right. Yeah. It's to teach him how to run the family budget because yeah. it wasn't his thing. Right. So now I get to go in and you know, help them even more because it's just one-sided, right? And I find that quite often. It's, oh, you got to talk to my wife or, oh, you got to talk to my husband or, yeah. you know, whatever um, person is looking care of the finances. But I don't know, something that works really good for me and my husband, and I can't really give advice uh, specifically on financial advice, but yeah. my husband and I have separate bank accounts. You know, we have a joint account and we have our separate accounts, so we never fight about money, which is awesome. I was going to say, I think that's a secret of a healthy marriage, that one. But, you know, actually being able to understand money is such an essential life skill for anybody, yeah. and yet the schools don't teach it. No, and what we do is we do quarterly net worth updates. So yeah. we have the mentality of net worth thinking, right? Mm. Thinking about what our net worth is going to be in a year, in five years, in 10 years, and generationally what we're going to pass to our great, great, great grandkids, right? Not only financially, but uh, wisdom, uh, just like being able to go, okay, I want to inspire action through education, right? That's my, yeah. my little tagline. But I want people to know that entrepreneurship is an option and that they can go out and do something different or do something on the side, right? Even if they are uh, working a job, which I did. I was part-time for two years in the financial industry while I was a heavy equipment operator driving a truck and yeah. producing oil for Canada, right? And it was just so different. And people were like, what do you mean you're going to be a financial advisor? And I was like, yeah, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> and they were like, 
what do you mean you're quitting your job? And I was like, well, I hate it. You know, like I hated yeah. driving A to B every day. I hated the fact that I couldn't make an impact there, right? The only impact I was making was on mother nature and I was not okay with that, right? So I was just like, why am I doing this? But I, I met my husband there. Sure I met a lot of good friends. Mm. Yeah, I was able to do so much with um, the freedom that it gave me. So I was working six on, six off. And so on my days off, I would work my world financial group business. And it was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. And so once I made the decision, yeah, I'm going to go full time with my business. It was uh, a lot of people, a lot of naysayers going, what? What do you? Yeah, you'll be back. This is this is the line I loved. You'll be back. You'll miss the money. And I was like, so you're just saying that I'm never going to be financially successful? Like, I think I'm going to figure it out, you know? And now we were just uh, able to buy our dream home, you know? And it's just crazy to see what's possible in such a short amount of time if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. So true, so true. And, you know, I love the fact that you did the job and juggled with another, you know, job while you still got it off the ground because, you know, that's a very important point and it, it scares people and rightly so, you know, but if I'm going to start my own business, how am I going to cope financially? You know, and that's a very obvious option. You don't have to go crazy and burn your bridges and give up everything. You can do it as a side hustle and build. Build, yeah. make yourself a capital to start. Yeah. Make yourself a contest to start. It's a very good way. And then you bootstrap and retain all the interest in the business. You know, it's, yeah. it's well worth considering. Nothing wrong in it. Yeah. Well, and in our business, we have residual income on our existing clients as well, right? So yeah. it it helps us be vigilant on taking care of our clients and helping people um, actually win financially. And my favorite part of my job is like helping people learn to dream again, you yeah. know? And giving them the opportunity to think a little bigger than they thought, because people are so limited in the way that they think, because we're taught, go to school, get good grades, you know, go and work until you're 65 and retire peacefully. That's what they say, or comfortably is the word that most people use. And I just look at that and I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Right? I'm like, what does that mean? Comfortable. Comfortable is different to everyone, right? Maybe comfortable is living in the forest, or maybe comfortable is having like a city view from a high end tower building. I don't know. Like it's different for everyone. So I think when you're learning to dream and you're learning to have these conversations with your kids and your, um, you like your family members and your coworkers and stuff like that, it's so powerful to just go, Hey, here's what my vision is. And like for myself, Oh, I just dropped it behind my desk. Well, that's good. I was going to show you. I have it my top 25 list beside me all the time. Yeah. Um, but now I get to go pick that up off the floor after. Anyways, <laughs> it's like behind my desk now. I'm like, great. There we go. Uh, so I have my mission statement on one side of the paper. It's like my goals, right? And it's talking about like how um, my life is going to look and what I'm going to accomplish. And then on the back, it has my top 25 dreams and goals. My first one being retire my husband. He doesn't want to be retired, (laughs) right? But just in my own mentality, being able to replace his income, uh, will give our family that freedom that we're wanting. Right. So I look at that and like creating forward thinkers in my family, you know, like that's, that's not something that you can just like check off a list, but it's, it's a forward thinking mentality of like, hey, 
can we pursue our dreams a little bit more? Can we chase greatness a little bit more today than we did yesterday, right? So I like having it somewhere that you can visualize it, somewhere that you can really uh, focus on what you're trying to attract. And then I believe that if you put it out into the universe, the universe will provide it for you if you're willing to receive it. Sure. I'm a great believer in a vision board. Oh, yeah. Me too. I actually literally just took mine down yesterday because I'm hacking. But uh, yeah, it's so helpful because in those moments, even when you're building your vision board, you're visualizing what your life can look like. Mm. Right. I'm sitting there looking at St. Lucia and going, ah, oh, I want to go to St. Lucia. Or like my friend just went to Greece. I'm like, I would love to go to Greece, you know, and I'm just yeah. sitting, looking and visualizing and dreaming about what my life can look like. And if we just sit there and go, oh, that's never going to happen to me, or I'm never going to be able to accomplish that. You're right. You won't. Right. But if you sit there and you go, hey, one day I'm going to get this or one day I'm going to pursue this and it will happen. And you'll be just like dumbfounded when it does happen, because then it's just like what happened when I went to Mexico for the Dr. Joe Dispenza event. I wrote on my goals list. This was 2020. I wrote on my goals list for that year, develop my visualization practice or my meditation practice. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just know that I'm supposed to meditate. And they say being successful requires visualizing your future. And I was like, okay. And then my friend called me and was like, hey, you should come to Joe Dispenza. And I was like, huh. Okay. Like this is, this is it, right? You just have to be open to looking at those opportunities. I didn't think it was going to work out. I thought my husband was going to be like, what are you thinking? And he's like, have fun. <laughs> you know, like you have, you have the money. I was like, well, kind of. And then all of a sudden, boom, paycheck hits. It was exactly the amount of money that I needed, you know, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, let's go, right? Because you just don't know what's coming to you uh, when you focus your mind on something. And I love that that goes right back to your story. Mm. Like you're like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to help provide for my family? What can I do to have the freedom um, to be with my family and not be stressed out? And then look at what you created. That's amazing. Of course, with growth, stress comes as well. But yeah, for the uh, early years, it was great because, and that's one of the things about having your own business is, is you can control the size you grow to suit your life. You know, when the kids were very young, um, it would have been too stressful to grow too fast. Yeah. You know, but usual thing, the universe sort of was aligned and the, an opportunity came along to buy out another supplier. Won't bore you with the whole story. But just at the moment where they were older, they got work school all the time and, you know, really rather bored of mum and, you know, wanting their own freedom and their own time. And, and I just had that bit more energy and time myself, you know, and I thought, yeah, that's the time to go for it. Yeah, that's the lesson that's, right there. That's the time to go for it is when it yeah. feels right. And Absolutely. I don't know, it's yeah. not necessarily ever going to be like, this is the time. You kind no, of just feel it. Said, not when other people tell you it's the time either. Yeah. Or more, to point, or more usually when other people tell you it's not the time. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, we just bought a property uh, and I'm sitting here having people already be like, Oh, it's going to be hard on Vancouver Island. It's going to, you know, they're already like planting these seeds in my head. And I'm like, yeah. I can choose whether or not I want to, you know, think that way or not. And 
it's just about being proactive and going, hey, I don't have to have the thoughts that you have. I can think differently about my experiences and what I've created already and what I've been able to continue to build um, through my agency. And I just, I want people to chase their dreams and everyone's going to have different dreams. So I don't know. Anyways, so if you were to be talking to someone who's just starting out in business and you were like, okay, well, here's some of the things that I think you should do to avoid certain pitfalls. What what advice could you give them? When they're very start, starting out, I think, um, you know, that it's, it's very important to have a focus on a vision, on the impact you're going to have on your life and on other people's lives. Um, you know, how are you going to make a difference by doing this business is, is important because, you know, money for yourself is, is great, but of course it is. <laughs> it's very great. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes more than that to, to get out of bed in the morning, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's part of having your own business, being able to make a difference to people's lives, I think. So, so that vision of um, what you want out of it and um, what you're going to do for other people, I think, is really huge. I think where you're going is all together with it. You know, where are you going to take that business? If you want to stay working for yourself as a, a one-man band, um, you know, or a part-time business or whatever, because that's what suits your life. That is fantastic. And don't let other people tell you you should be doing something else. If you want to go crazy and launch a, a mega fast unicorn startup, that's fine too. Same thing. It's got to be right for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you want to define that in your own head exactly what shape your dream looks like in business terms. Because without that clarity of vision, you're going to get yourself in a mess. Yeah. So I think, you know, those things are really important. Why are you doing it? What exactly are you doing? What's the result of what you're doing? Um, and mm-hmm. I think you need to, to find those before you really get too far into it. Yeah. And like you said, like whose life is it going to impact, right? Yeah. Whose life is it going to impact if I do it? And whose life is it going to impact if I don't? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I got from one of my mentors a couple of years ago is like going through my goals and going, okay, whose life is it going to change when I'm able to retire my husband? Mm-hmm. Right. Very whose awesome. life is it going to change when I'm going to be able to buy my mom, her dream house, mm-hmm. whose life is it going to change when I create forward thinkers in my family? Right. You never know what the impact of those um, conversations are going to be. But my hope is that I'm able to provide enough value so that people choose in their life to have a better life or they choose to dream a little bigger. They choose to have that belief in themselves a little bit more because when I first started in business, I didn't necessarily have that many people who were like, yeah, Lena, go get it. You know, my husband was like, yeah, you're clearly way happier, you know, being an entrepreneur. Um, But you should probably do that. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying. But at the same time, when, like I said, you've got that time to transition yourself over uh, to being an entrepreneur full time, then I think that's a huge, huge takeaway that you can implement. But you don't always get that opportunity either, right? Like for me, the only reason that I met the company I'm with is because I was laid off from the oil sands. And it's really the only reason that I was 
in a position to even look at it as a career option. Like I never, I'm a pastry chef, you know, like I never thought in a million years that I'd go into the financial industry because I was stupid with money. Uh, but as Ed Milet says, you're most equipped to help the person that you used to be. Right. So if you are looking yeah. at yourself yeah. saying, I'm disqualified from helping these people because I was in debt or because I was overweight or because I didn't know what I was doing, it doesn't matter. Right. The fact that you have overcome those things and you've become this version of yourself means that you have the ability to teach other people stuff that you've learned. And then they can avoid those pitfalls, right? Like you said, if you don't have a vision, um, where there is no vision, people will perish, right? So it's so interesting to look at just like what you can create when you set your mind to it. So I love that. Thank you for that. And also, I think sort of going on from the point you've just made, you know, so many companies are starting or founders start their companies because there's something that they can't find themselves and they go, you know, scratch their heads and think, well, you know, sort of why why can't I find that? There must be something because everybody needs that, don't they? And they ask a few other people and they can't find it either. You know, it's like the old story of um, the guy who who went into a shoe shop asking for a particular type of shoes in a, in a shoe store and um, couldn't find it. And so he went home and he built a very basic website and put some photographs from a shoe shop with their blessing up on the website and started to see what other people wanted and got a demand going and started to order in and sell out, which needed no capital. Mm-hmm. And that went on to be Zappos, you know, a huge clothing giant. Wow. Sold to Amazon for billions. Yeah. But that's how it started. Yeah. Simply because he was identifying that need. But going back one step further, something he couldn't find himself. And so many companies start like that. Yeah, big time. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so did you have any really memorable, like, oh, my goodness, I really wish this didn't happen, or, like, hard moments that you want to share? Because obviously it's not just rainbows and butterflies. Uh, we all know that. I mean, there, there was certainly, I, you know, in the very early days, I remember there was one day and I got to the stage, I had somebody doing odd jobs for me, not sort of on a very permanent basis, a friend helping out was doing some of the production work. And I said to him, look, I said, I'm sorry, you know, this is just, we're out of time. I'm out of cash. We haven't got any orders. It's just not going to happen. I, I can't remember, honestly, I think it was about six months in, you know, and we'd been scraping and scraping by and it just dried. And, you know, I was still working, um, still had my phone fax because it was sort of pre-internet days and, and that was shoved under the stairs on a shelf and that was all my office and he, he was just working in a friend's barn sometimes and it was as basic as that. Uh, and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go and look for a job on, on Monday. That's it. I can't do it. And I was lying in bed Saturday morning thinking, I'm going to cry again. You know, I mustn't cry because of the kids. And I heard the phone go, and I went downstairs, and there was an order in that fax. And I rang the car, and I said, hold on, do another week. Hmm. Wait, it picked up from there. Yeah, that's so, yeah. the thing. When you set your mind to it, like, hey, I'm just open to receiving whatever is coming to me. And just having that that vision, again, for what you're trying to create, then you never know what you need to go through or how much stress you need to 
undergo in order to create that life that you're trying to create. And like for myself, it took me going to Ben Spangle's event. I, yeah, it's right here. I went to an event called Vibe Higher with Ben Spangle. Yeah. And uh, he made us like a workbook of um, the things that we can do to improve our lives and help us vibrate at a higher frequency. And that might seem really weird to some people, but when I was in that meeting, I had a big moment of realization that it was time for me to move back to BC. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Um, and I just, I've been contemplating it for a while, but then like after having multiple miscarriages, I was just like, so frustrated with the doctors not caring, like literally been waiting three months to get a phone call from a doctor. They still haven't called me. Um, so I'm just sitting here going, what am I doing? You know, like, why am I waiting for these people to help me when I can go home and get medical attention that I need, you know, or, um, talking to being, like talking to my husband about being closer to the family, you know, I'm like, man, I have spent more time with my friend's one-year-old than I have with my 10-year-old nephew, you know, and that really irks me because I'm just like, yeah, I want to be, a, how am I supposed to create impact in my family if I'm never there? You know, like that's, that's not very helpful. Mm. Um, so I just started really thinking about it. And after that meeting, it was like digging through what genuinely makes you happy. And Absolutely. if you haven't gone through that stuff, like, yeah, whoa, it changes everything. It just helps you get clarity on what you want next. Definitely, definitely. You know, as you were saying earlier, we get so, so sort of sidelined into, uh, well, we must do the, what we say, we must do this, we must do that. And, and you know, we get blindsided from the things that are really, really important and matter in life, you know, yeah. like, like seeing a relative grow up or, or whatever and being there. But, you know, it, it life overtakes if we, we don't stand back sometimes. I agree. And then it just happens regardless of if you plan it or not. So mm. I'll tell you, one of the biggest um, things that helped me in my business was implementing a schedule. Mm. And I know that a lot of people out there just use a regular calendar and they go, my kid has a dentist appointment on this day and they've got sports on these three days and that's it. But then what happens with the rest of the day? right it just happens right yeah so if we can pre-plan it and everyone's like oh we need more time in the day no you need to be more structured in your schedule right if you just let things happen they're gonna happen but if you are trying to at least plan for things then you're good so like today my next meeting rescheduled i'm like okay well that's fine i've got time to then do my emails and make some phone calls and you know get my work stuff done but if I was just like hoping that someone would call me for an appointment today, then how would I set myself up for success like that? It just, it wouldn't work. Right. So when you're, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it's just changing your mentality and understanding that you have to chase happiness. Like you have to chase happiness. And I think it's our obligation to be happy. Right. Even if it's not, 24-7, like if you don't know what hardship is, you cannot feel happiness, right? You have, there is a yin and a yang, right? So you have to have both, but the the goal is to be more happy than sad, right? So yeah. I made the decision for myself that I'm going to take my mental health really, really, really seriously. 
and go back to where I feel like I'm fully supported and I'm home. You know, I can be with my family. I can have people to take my dog when I need them to, or like come help me move some stuff around my house, you know, um, never miss another birthday. I'm just so ecstatic, but how do you think that, uh, mental health impacts people's ability to function in business? Because I think that right now there's a lot of people struggling with it. Um, and they could just use a little advice. Well, I think it's it's not just people in business. I think everybody, as you say, is struggling to some extent or has struggled at different times since you know the world went crazy and one thing and another. Um, and interestingly, actually, uh, entrepreneurs are much more prone to mental health challenges than other people um, by quite a, a fearsome um, percentage. You know, that's, that's well proven now. Um, you know, I think they, they've often had traumas in childhood or their parents have been very broke, very similar to what you were describing with your mom. Um, you know, always have huge upheavals and they're conditioned to sort of fight back and cope and all these things, which we, we try and do as an entrepreneur. But, you know, I think that's also dangerous because... It's all very well thinking that I've got to be strong and I'm an entrepreneur and da 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 da. And there's an expectation on society, particularly on bigger businesses, that the founders are strong and can cope with everything and shut up and may look after all their team and everything else. And and it's not right and it's not realistic because they're more at risk. They need to recognize that they are vulnerable, that we are all vulnerable. They are Mm -hmm. not Superman. And uh, you know anybody in business and build mental health into their agendas just as or mental health care should I say, just as much as any physical health care. I think we we're coming finally to understand that, and the two are so closely linked anyway. To it, you know, um, you know our knowledge of physiology is growing and all those things. It's um, uh, you know the, the effects of stress on the body it, it's a it's a huge topic but I think it's it's really important you know if you're in business to think I am an asset to this business and therefore I've got to behave towards myself like I would to my car like I would to my computer whatever and damn well look after it and get it serviced and you know sort of all these things mm-hmm. um, Take it, take it off for a nice drive and go look at some nature or whatever. Yeah. Well, I give people the advice all the time, like work it into your schedule. So if you know that you're tired at three o'clock in the afternoon, go for a walk. Yeah. Right. You will feel energized or take a nap, (laughs) you know, like do a meditation at that time, do something that's relaxing for you. And if you know that your active time for myself, like I'm go, go, go in the morning. So that's when I clean my house. That's when I read my book. I walk my dog. You know, I'll do all of the stuff that I want to get done in the morning. Because then when I'm going into my afternoon, I don't have to worry about, oh, Elena, you didn't read your book yet today. I'm like, oh, but my brain's too active for that now. Right. Yeah. So I think finding a good routine and a structure around your day is extremely important. Absolutely. And Um, as you say, you know, if you're a morning or night person and all those things. And I'm a huge fan of time blocking. Yes. um, You know, which which I find huge, which if anybody's listening doesn't sort of know, hasn't come across that concept. That's, you know, setting yourself 
half days or whole days on particular things. If, if you're generating business for your business, you know, that can be Monday or whatever, but you don't worry about it on another day, answering emails Tuesday morning and Thursday morning, you know, but again, you don't look at it the rest of the time. All yeah. those sort of things on time blocking make a phenomenal difference. The amount you can achieve mm-hmm. if you time block is just vast. You just have to sit down and work out, you know, how long I need to spend on my accounts this, you know, in a, in a week, or how long do I take to need to, to organize this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a life changer. Yeah, Real, really efficient time blocking. Well, I have heard a quote one time, and I have no idea who said it, but it was so good, and it was this. Busy people get shit done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I hate it when people are like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Well, guess what? Ed Milet is busier than you and he still finds time to do it. Right. Yeah. And I'm looking at that going, there's people in, in the world who are 10 times busier than we are. And yet oh, we yeah. think we're so busy, you know, and I, I think it's just the, it's a crock of shit. <laughs> really? I'm like, come on. Um, there's no way that you're that busy. And if you're that busy, that tells me that you probably haven't structured your schedule properly. Or you say, you may well be that busy, but then you've got a problem in not, um, you know, in, in not organizing and prioritizing, right? Yeah, or delegating, right? That too. Because you can hire out so many things nowadays, and there's so much stuff that you can take off of your plate if you're just willing to hire somebody. Absolutely. You know, it's life-changing when you hire yeah, and that's that's one of the good things you can tap into go with a truly global talent um, you know which is, is a resource we didn't have before you know we had to rely on who was down the road you know whereas we can get somebody in the philippines or nigeria or whatever with enormous amounts of talent you know and a great yeah. attitude and you know hugely helpful big time yeah well what other advice would you give someone who's like, okay, maybe maybe talk about your book a little bit, right? Like, um, start for success, right? So when sure. you when you literally don't have that vision for yourself that you're like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna work this job forever. But then all of a sudden, you you have this thought, and you're like, hmm, maybe. So like for me, I like to make jewelry, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a hobby of mine. I don't think I'd ever do it as a career, but maybe, maybe I could, you know? Well, you know, I think, like we were saying, I mean, one of the things that stops people is is the, the worry on money, and, and therefore starting as a side hustle is a very good way, and you can test the market in all sorts of ways. You can begin to get an idea of what people like, because if you're thinking about going into business, one of the biggest mistakes people make, and that's if they're going in on their own or if they're going into quite big businesses, is they think, oh, I've got this fantastic idea and it's going to be a huge success. And they are absolutely convinced that this idea is fantastic. And they forget to have asked any customers and potential customers whether it's fantastic. Because it doesn't matter what you think about it, and it sure as hell doesn't matter what your mom thinks about it or your best friend thinks about it. Yeah. It matters what potential people who are buying think about it. And that market research is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. And the cheaper and earlier and more you can do that, the much, much greater chances that you are of having success. Yeah, I agree 100%. Beautiful. Well, I love today's conversation. 
I really did. I think that people need to hear stuff like this, like learning to time block, learning to have that vision for your life and just really have that structure in place where you can structure your success, right? Uh, you can remove the brain work out of it and not have to think about reading every day if you just read it every day, right? At the same time every day, do the same thing every day. And then you remove the, oh, am I going to be successful or am I not going to be successful? If you have that consistency and that drive, then you will create exactly what you want in your life. So <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Um, so where can people get access to your book? Where can people get access to you? Right. Well, bookwise, Start for Success is available in the usual places, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, oh, it's on Amazon Canada, you know, so that is very easy. There are also links on my website to the book. And you can read a bit more about it there. And that's pretty easy as well, because I'm just jamcavell.co.uk. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for your time today. I really valued our conversation. I know that there's so many people out there who are like, I don't know, should I try it? Should I not try it? Um, my advice is give it a go. Worst case scenario, you learn something, right? But definitely Absolutely. ask. Don't invest everything that you've ever made into a business you know, that you've never even worked before because you don't know if you're going to like it. You don't know if it's going to be profitable, right? So ask for help. That's another big piece of advice Definitely. that you can say. Um, if anybody's listening and wants some advice, just drop me an email via the website and I'm always approachable to anybody who wants to a bit of advice. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks again for today. I really enjoyed our conversation. And guys, if you got some value out of this conversation, uh, we are a holistically grown uh, conversational show, right? We want people to learn and grow and develop their skills through our podcast. And if you got value today, make sure that you share it because that's how we grow our podcast. We don't do advertising. We don't sit here and be like, oh, we're going to just advertise you guys the most random things. And I don't believe that that's the way to build a business. I think it's word of mouth. That's the way to build a business. So let's take it to the top and uh, share the show. All right, that's it for today, guys. Pursuit of Relentless, signing out.